Achieving an equilibrium between industrialization and environmental quality. Is this possible? This and more in this episode. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial. And you can find me at Ruth Adong. Climate change has hastened the quest to preserve and protect the world's environment, bringing about what is known as sustainable development, that is development achieved and the natural environment equally preserved. For many countries in Africa, the dilemma becomes either to preserve the quality of environment at the expense of their economic growth and development or pursue economic growth and development through industrialization at the expense of the environmental life and quality. At the Economic Muktano, sector leaders sought to find a trade-off between industrialization and environmental quality. Om Gisha Blessing, Acting Secretary General of the Uganda National Chamber of Commerce, says changes must be made in the private sector to be able to embrace the green economy. I mean to speak on behalf of the private sector. Are we ready? We are not yet ready. But it doesn't mean that we will not get there. It's a gradual process. But just to explain a few things that we need as the private sector, and it might come from us as a private sector, but also it might come from the different players and also the government. The first um, uh, thing that I can talk about is how much information is being shared to the private sector for them to prepare themselves in what we are calling, you know, the green energy. But there's a lot of information that needs to go out there for us to appreciate very well what it takes for us to be part of the green um, energy environment. But uh, when we are talking about all these policies that we are passing, what is the alternative that we are giving to the private sector? But if you are talking about the green environment, are there alternative uh, measures that have been put in place maybe by us, the private sector, but also by the players? Let's mention the government. Let's mention maybe the stakeholders involved. Are there alternative energies that we can use? I want to give an example of the renewable energies that we have been talking about. What alternative renewable energies have we provided for the private sector for them then to abandon or maybe use less of the already existing energies that we think are um, maybe polluting the environment. She also points out the importance of legislation that is clear to all players. This is from the private sector and also the public sector. There is very great need for us to be able to, you know, be more innovative enough, be able to train a particular skill on what we can use with the, with what we might call waste management. But for us, as people in production, we don't have it. So there's a lot of skilling that needs to be done in line with innovation, in line with the research of what we can use. Then, of course, uh, we are talking about the high-level discussions that we have in line with policy. It is very, very important for us to have the policy first on high level. We want it to be brought down now to the business community. How do we appreciate those policies that have been passed by the high-level people? We will sit with the government. The government has its own policies. The strategic, there's a strategy that has just been passed, the green manufacturing strategy, which is very, very good. But us as the private sector, do we actually appreciate what that strategy means? What what do we have in for us as the private sector? How do we benefit from it? How what are we getting out of there? 
So, yes, there's high-level discussion of the sectors, you know, and, you know, the developing partners can come on board and discuss what we need to do. But if the private sector does not appreciate what they're getting out of that, you know, green economy, they might not be able to appreciate it and even implement it. So let's get it from wherever it is on a particular level. Let's come now to the private sector. Let the private sector appreciate what they need to do, what is in there for them, what are the alternative ways that they can do production, and are they going to profit from it, and then it will be a doable thing. I know right now, of course, we might say that we are on 1%, but with a lot of sensitization with the private sector, we will move gradually to where we want the green environment to find us. That was Omgisha Blessing, Acting Secretary General of the Uganda National Chamber of Commerce. The African Development Bank has postponed its 2021 Africa Investment Forum due to the global travel restrictions occasioned by the discovery of the new Omicron variant of COVID-19. The event, which was initially built to hold between December 1st and 3rd in Abidjan, Côte d'Ivoire, has been postponed until further notice. Several billion dollars of investment projects were scheduled for investment boardrooms with project sponsors and investors at this edition of Africa Investment Forum. South Africa's Aspen Pharmacare has taken a step towards a licensing deal to package and sell Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine in Africa, announcing on Tuesday that it has signed non-binding terms with subsidiaries of the U.S. drug maker. The deal will make Aspen the first African company to have a right to distribute and price the vaccine, which it will market under its own brand name, Aspenovax. Mashidi Somoweti, the WHO, World Health Organization Regional Director, for Africa, at an online presentation of the deal, said the emergence of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus, first detected in southern Africa, has focused minds on the urgent need to diversify the manufacturing of vaccines as part of efforts to improve their availability. Africa is the least vaccinated part of the world, and many of its leaders have called for vaccine equity and accused Western countries of hoarding the shorts, calls given new urgency by the spread of Omicron. South Africa's unemployment rate rose to 34.9% in the third quarter of 2021, up from 34.4% in the previous period. It's the highest jobless rate since comparable data began in 2008 on the back of the July unrest and the still stringent lockdown. The number of unemployed persons fell by 183,000 to 7.6 million, but employment slumped by 660,000 to 14.2 million, and the labor force plunged by 842,000 to 21.9 million. Job losses were concentrated in the trade sector, community and social services, construction, private households, and mining, while the finance sector posted the only increase. The expanded definition of unemployment, including people who have stopped looking for jobs, was at 46.6%, up from 44.4% in the second quarter. The youth unemployment rate measuring job seekers between 15 and 24 years old hit a new record high of 66.5%. The National Bank of Angola has kept its benchmark policy rate at 20% during its regular meeting in November. The decision is aimed at continuing support for domestic recovery in a context of persistent inflationary pressures. The annual inflation rate climbed for the second straight month to 26.9% in October of 2021, its highest level since July 2017. 
The annual inflation rate in Kenya fell for the second straight month to 5.8% in November of 2021 from 6.45% in October. It is the lowest rate since April, mainly due to a slowdown in prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, transport, health, education, services and restaurants and accommodation services. On a monthly basis, consumer prices increased 0.45% down from a 0.51% rise in the previous month. And a look at the markets. Arabica coffee futures on the International Commodities Exchange traded for around $2.3 per pound but has remained close to its highest level since October 2011 as investors balance persistent supply disruptions with concerns about future demand after the discovery of the new COVID variant. Frost and drought destroyed crops in top shipper Brazil. Excessive rains have limited production in Colombia while a shortage of shipping containers is curbing exports from Vietnam. On top of that, a civil war in Ethiopia is set to further limit the supplies. USDA, in its latest report, estimates both world coffee production and consumption will go up and reported that the International Commodities Exchange monitored depots continue to decline, falling 77% over the last year. Prices are likely to stay high as elevated shipping costs, high cost of fertilizers, and ongoing labor shortages eat into profit. At the end of the trading session on the Nairobi Securities Exchange, a total of 28,282,200 shares in 1,324 deals corresponding to a market value of 1,138,832,773 Kenya billion shillings were traded. Compared with the previous NSE trading day, today's data shows 18% improvement in volume, 76% improvement in turnover, and 12% improvement in deals. The current market capitalization of the Nairobi Securities Exchange is at 2.48 trillion Kenya shillings. In the aggregate, 46 NSE equities participated in trading, ending with 10 gainers and 26 losers. Uchumi Supermarkets led the gainers with a 9.52% share price appreciation. On the losing side, Olympia Capital Holdings came out last with an end-of-day price depreciation of 8.5% of 8.59%. Safaricom PLC recorded the highest volume of 15.7 million traded shares. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of The K Financial. And if you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at Withadong.